Welcome, non-productive universe, to yet another leg-dropping edition of Wrestling Recap, the show that hits you for a ten-count of the most important developments in wrestling each week. I'm Classy Big Papa Pete, joined Mike's side by Mill Longshot Ken. Let's jump right into the action. So they're still trying to get Roman Reigns over. Aren't they? Yeah. This week, someone at WWE apparently remembered that Roman Reigns used to be in a stable called The Shield, and that he was actually fairly well-liked at the time. They also remembered that Seth Rollins, who is super hot right now, I think we've mentioned that before in the show, right? Many times. Yes. Uh, was also in The Shield. So this week, they paired Roman and Seth together again, and guess what? Roman actually got some crowd support. Right. Yeah, who knew that all they had to do to get Reigns over was to put him in a feud with a heel who has more X-Pac heat than X-Pac, and then team him with an old friend who is so on fire he literally threatens to burn it down. If we had stumbled onto this a little bit sooner, we might have had the last three years of our lives back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a fun opening, but still, it was just, uh, you're absolutely right with that one. <laughs> yep, what can I say? Okay, Sami Zayn had another long-winded confrontation with Bobby Lashley. This time, from the crowd. Okay, the reasons behind this feud don't really make sense to me. But what helps is that they're turning into the skid. And they're both acting like it makes no sense. You know, Zayn is particularly pushing the insanity of his Lashley obsession. And Lashley just looks like he can't believe how nuts Sammy is. Okay, I, th I suspect that's not really due to any great acting on Lashley's part. But uh, if you stop and think about it, it kind of works, I guess. I, I Real quick, I mean, mm -hmm. th this goes to show just how good Sami Zayn is, in-ring and on a mic, that he could take this stuff that he's working with and still kind of make it work for him. Yeah, kind of. I can't I, say so much about Lashley, but Z Zayn's doing a pretty darn good job with what he's got to work with. Yeah, La Lashley's making... It works because Lashley is just kind of standing there. Yeah. Um, I'm choosing to ignore the part where Zayn questions Lash questioned Lashley's military service. Yeah. That was kind of uh, cringe-inducing. A little bit. Uh, but moving on. Kurt Hawkins versus James Harden with tacos on the line. Okay, for those of you who didn't get the joke, like me, James Harden is the name of a professional basketball player for the Houston Who Gives a Dams. The gentleman in the ring was not the same person. So, Kurt Hawkins is on the verge of extending his losing streak to 200. I assume they're counting house shows because I really don't think even WWE Creative is dumb enough to have had Hawkins on TV 200 times since he came back. This is true. Hawkins may be a really great talent, who's been saddled with a crappy gimmick? At this point, I will never know, because I just don't care anymore. <laughs> but the idea of him giving free tacos to the audience was kind of clever slash amusing. It would have been a great angle if he got beat by the local talent clean. But instead, Baron Corbin cost the audience their tacos and Hawkins the win for reasons that were never explained. Uh, Stone Cold could have done that without an explanation, just wandered in and trashed everything and gotten Hawkins disqualified, never explained anything, and that would have been the high point of the night. Probably, absolutely. But Baron Corbin is not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I think that should have should go without saying. Yeah. Uh, it made even less sense when, in the next segment, Corbin was then introduced as the new constable of Raw. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what? I will give... I, I, I trash-mouthed Hawkins a little bit, but 
it would be kind of interesting to see him join up with the B team. That would be interesting. That would be the probably the one way I can see them salvaging him right now. My, my only issue, too, is with this Corbin thing. Um, I like the guy and all. I don't think they should have moved him to Raw, considering that most of the, 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 the talent right now are all going for the mid-card title. Because yeah. no one has a chance at the heavyweight right now. Yeah. And it just seems like you have so many people stuck in uh, a, a landing pattern right now. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah, you know, this could be fun if Corbin could pull off his new quote-unquote title. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, I just feel kind of bad for him. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode. So Strowman's storyline right now is that he gets to have a squash match against all of his Money in the Bank opponents so that he doesn't have to lose face when he finally loses Money in the Bank. Okay. Because, yeah, he's not winning Money in the Bank. Oh, that's a damn shame. Okay. He gets a title shot whenever he wants anyway. That's True. That's kind of the thing. True. Okay. I don't want to see Rude lose to Strowman, but we all know it's going to happen. Right. On the upside, Rude did a great job of selling the fact that he was generally af- uh, genuinely afraid of Braun Strowman. I loved his whole uh, opening leading up to that. that it, was, it was great. It was very good. And the spot where Rude sets up the ladder for Strowman to crash into was a novel twist on the what's become the trope of Braun Strowman chasing someone around the ring. Mm-hmm. And the way it ended with Braun Strowman chopping the ladder in half Incredible. was even better. <laughs> Absolutely spot-on perfect. So at the end of the night, Big Show came out on stage with a group of Special Olympics athletes from Team Texas and gave a speech about the importance of inclusiveness in athletics. Okay, these kind of things can get a bit sappy, but... This felt genuine and somewhat inspiring. What made it one of the highlights of the night, however, was that it afforded Finn Balor a rare, truly babyface moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, Finn, as you all know, has a very unique, very choreographed, very imitatable entrance. And unlike many wrestlers, however, Balor isn't shy about letting others in on the fun. Absolutely. Okay. It was great to see Team Texas and The Big Show join Finn Balor in doing his entrance. Because everyone on stage seemed to be having a blast doing it. Genuine moments of fun are all too rare in WWE these days. So it's great to see one play out here. Absolutely. I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I was trying to figure out why th- that they were staying on stage when Balor's music hit. And the moment it happened, I went, this is the greatest face moment I've ever seen in a long time. Very cool. Let's not say anything about the match that led into it. That, that it led into. Of course. Over on SmackDown, New Day versus Samoa Joe, Mike Mizanin, and Rusev. Pancakes are proven as the single most effective offensive tactic in the WWE today. That is all. Contract signing time. This time, it's AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura making their Money in the Bank pillow fight official. I went back and rewatched this, and you can't prove that the words pillow fight are not on the contracts that were signed. So don't say anything, Ken. Okay, this happened backstage, which was a nice change of pace, because I'm getting tired of what seems like weekly in-ring contract signings. This was short, which was also welcome. I did really appreciate that Shinsuke's This Pen Doesn't Work bit was a clever way of reminding fans that his no-speak-English act is not just a racist stereotype, but it's more about stonewalling as a way of getting inside of Styles' head. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Becky wins! Yay! Match between two faces with no interference and no heel turn? Yay! 
good exhibition style wrestling match showcasing two great talents whose in-ring abilities are often overshadowed by the standard bullpucky that comes with modern professional wrestling. Yay! Yay! All around an excellent match. I hope WWE can find a way to do at least one of these type of matches each show. Absolutely. Carl Anderson beats Luke Harper. Okay, when the Good Brothers won the right to face the Bludgeon Brothers for the tag championships, I said they were really the only ones who could pose a credible threat to Harper and Rowan. Anderson's victory goes a long way to cementing that idea, as he's arguably the weaker of the two. And if he can beat one of the bludgeons on his own, surely the Good Brothers have a shot at this, right? Sure. Anyway, kudos to WWE for booking this feud correctly to set it up as more than just a glorified squash match. Yeah. Big Cass cut a promo where he questioned if ripping Daniel Bryan's arms off and beating him with them would count as a DQ. I'm confused. Isn't Cass supposed to be a heel now? I wish WWE would do a better job of clearly defining who the bad guys are. Who can tell with subtle promos like this one? (laughs) And that's your wrestling recap for this week. Got an opinion or something else to add? Join in the conversation on the Nonproductive Fan Club on Facebook. And while you're at it, subscribe to our podcast feed via your favorite podcast obtaining method. Really like what you heard? Help support us on Patreon so we can make it even better. Links to everything can be found at non-productive.com. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.